This is what God says I am. And so identity is a fierce, fierce battle. What's the Bible say? We are God's masterpiece. Read it with me. We are God's masterpiece. Masterpiece in the Greek means an original, never done before piece of art. That means God didn't create one person the same as another person. He has done every person's beginning of time different than another person. There's someone that might have the same kind of hair as you do, but they don't have the same kind of DNA, the same kind of soul that you have. You're an original. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm an original. But there's more good news, cats. There's more good news. Look at number two on the verse here. Okay, it'd be good enough to be God's masterpiece. We should go home and just get tacos. But if... But we can't because there's more good news. There's more good news. Turn to the person next to you and say, we need to be good news junkies. It's true. It's true. Christians don't need to be into the bad news. He has created us anew in Christ. Read that. Read that. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us so long ago. And so every one of us has good things that God has planned. That's crazy. Isn't it encouraging to know that? You're, a, you're an original, and he has good things, and he planned them. Now, if you planned them, we'd be worried. If I planned them, you'd be more worried. Because we'd be like, I wonder if it'll come to pass. But if God's planned your future, then anxiety is not a real reality. Identity. Identity can smack anxiety in the face so hard, anxiety is just like reeling, man. He's like Apollo Creed in round 15. I'm telling you, if you like those movies, some of you did. All right. For what about this? From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined, check this sentence out. He determined the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. You being in this tent is an exact place where you're supposed to be for this determined time. That's Christianity. That's Christianity. That's the Bible view of life, that I am not in a random chaotic world. I am set in times and seasons. I live in this place for a reason. How, how does that feel at night when the devil's coming after you? You know, I like to just bring this up with you, devil. I am in the right place at the right time in my season. And what are you going to say to the devil when he says, well, you didn't perform enough today? Because my performance is not related to my seasons and times. Because God's more faithful than I am. Friend, if you're waiting for your performance to get you into your purpose, good luck. I'm going to lean on the cross to get me into my purpose every single time. Because I can't find enough performance under my engine to get me over 25 miles an hour. I got to go on Christ to get me into my Lamborghini to go 250 miles an hour. I can't do anything in my own strength. But Christ, through my weakness, perfects his power. Right? That's the Bible. Turn to the person next to you and don't say anything this time. Okay, let's go. All right. All right. So I know. Come on, Jeremiah, friends. Jeremiah 29, 11. Let's get some more Bible under us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for wholeness, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. All that is really true, isn't it? So he knows the plans he has for you. He declares them. He plans for wholeness and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Let's go down uh, to the next Romans, Romans 8, 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, 
And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those with whom he justified, he also glorified. Justified means this. It's a big word, but it just means when Jesus looks at, when God looks at you through the Father, the Father looks at you through Jesus, he sees Christ having wiped all your sins away. You're just as if you'd never sinned. And so, so we have to work out our salvation, which is sanctification, meaning we try to look more like Jesus every day. But make no mistake, Christ finished the work. It's finished. And so we have the joy of working it out and having fun and being changed more like Christ, but that's all joy. So when we go through, we're not going to be able to go through this whole thing because we want to get to prayer. But there are some key people in the Bible that I want to just overview. Look at page 25. Do you see Abraham, Samson, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, and Big Blue? Okay, those are people. Those are individual Bible dudes that are in there to help you and I realize that this isn't baloney. This is true. Abraham, Abraham, if you look at those scriptures, was such a friend of God that God would tell him and confide in him what he was going to do on the earth. Samson was so set apart. He was a Nazarite set apart for times and seasons on the earth. Jeremiah, the story of Jeremiah, that he was known in his, the womb of his mother, and that's when he was appointed as a prophet to the nations. Come on. Do you realize that you were, many of us, if not all of us, had appointments in the womb for our destiny? You didn't get it. You're not going to get it today. Today is going to be a confirmation of what God started before eternity over your life. Did you hear? Let me, let me say that again. When someone prophetically encourages me and says, Brian, you're going to be an amazing ambassador for Christ, that really is old, old news. Because Jesus created that purpose in me, according to the Bible, before I was even born. And he anointed me for that in the womb of my mother. Come on, man. We're self-hatred today. I was appointed in my mother's womb. And, and we got we to be strong. Can you get strong on this identity piece and be fierce on it? Because Jesus Christ has given us such profound profound appointments. I wonder how many of you are prophets to the nations, like Jeremiah. I bet there's at least one or two in here. Congratulations, you're going to cry sometimes too. It's going to be awesome. I wonder what kind of appointments, you know? Have you ever been around someone that's always trying to get an appointment by God, so to speak? They're like, they're at that conference, you know? Sometimes when I was at the Send Orlando, I talked to young people. I said, I hope I got Billy Graham's mantle. I go, your mantle's better. I got to admit, I mean, he's only one guy and he got a great mantle. But the mantle that Jesus Christ is putting on you is far different than what a man could put on you. Let's stick with Jesus' recipe for you. And then they're trying to feel their shoulders for a mantle. You know, I, I, don't, I don't feel anything. I go, great, because we don't live by feelings. We live by faith. And there ain't no way you're going to get a big mantle and feel a bunch of goosebumps. You're going to have to feel nothing and walk out of here like John Wayne and go faith. It's true, isn't it? I remember when God called me an evangelist, my altar calls, I've told this story every quarter, and I'll tell it in a brief way. My altar calls were zero. I did every single thing. Count to three. Close your eyes. Stand on the chair. Get down off the chair. Say three words. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Say, I need Jesus, Jesus. Nobody. I was in a lot of high-pressure situations where there were some seriously amazing, you know, good crowds of young people. 
all my guys, like, this is 15, 20 years ago. Come on, Brian. You're the best one here. You give the altar call. I'm like, okay. Give the altar call. No one gets saved. Christy would get to go up. My wife, Christy, she would say three sentences, and 75 people would bust down the altar and get saved. And I'm like, man, what in the world? And I remember the day she said, it's your time now. God said you're an evangelist from the womb, and it's time for you to act out on it. I go, but nobody ever gets saved. She says, put a flatbed truck up in this high school parking lot and preach the gospel open air. And God will save all. Man, I wrestled all afternoon in that parking lot over my failure in the past. Never seen anyone come to Christ. I thought it was my failure. And I said, okay, this is just my season now. And I wasn't in that season. Let's see what God will do. And that night we did that flatbed truck. Every kid in that parking lot, it was filled with high school kids, jumped up, started screaming, save me, Jesus. I'd never seen and experienced anything like it. And I said, wow, when you're in your season, it's totally different. Don't be frustrated if your season hasn't come yet over the word of the life, word over your life, right? You're still in preparation, but make no mistake, God's going to fulfill that over your life. Can you hold on for God's plan? Yes, you can. It might not be easy. John the Baptist is another amazing example of a Nazarite, someone who was called, turn the page, Paul. Paul, page 26, top left. I love this line, from birth and called me by his grace. So he's killing folks. And he, you got to mean that Paul was able to have the revelation that by, from his birth, God had called him to be an apostle. A wildness, right? You mean God's able to call you when you've had a season of sin and still keep his promise? Yes, Paul is your example. He was pleased to reveal his son in me so I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not consult any man. Okay, so we know that God has given, what's the number one selling book besides the Bible? The Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren. People are very interested in purpose on the earth. They go to all kinds of conferences to grab their purpose. But here we go. Proverbs 16.4 says, left side, 26, middle of the page. The Lord has made everything for its own purpose. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So you can have all kinds of plans. Isn't it funny? How many of you have seen people date the wrong person only for God's purpose to land on their life, break up with the wrong person, and God directs them to the right person? It's just God at work. But how many of us stayed up too many nights worrying about that process for our friend? God is a master at breaking you up. Have you seen God break up, people? It's exciting, isn't it? Just, wow. I wouldn't have done it so wildly, but man, God, all the credit to you. Jeez. And then you see him crying and carrying on for a week, you know, like they've just lost all their cookies and donuts and everything's over. Only 10 days later, to suddenly be hit with a spark of where God's really taken their life. And, and they're like, man, aren't you glad you guys aren't together anymore? Like, oh, so glad I'm in God's purpose. I feel like a million bucks. How many of us know that God's faithful enough to get you where you're going? Let's go. Come on, anxiety. Anxiety, back away. We got no anxiety in Christ because he has our plan. He has our plan. Okay, and so here we go. If we look at, look at see the big blue on the right of 26, intimacy equals exploits. Do you see that? It's a math equation. Where's it coming from? Daniel eleven thirty two. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Do you know it's impossible to not do great exploits if you know God? You can't. Because God, when you get to know God, there's no way you can be normal. 
can I, can I just explain this to you? God is so big and so strong that in the inside of you right now, as you're getting to know him, he's going to push out of you wild exploits. So you shouldn't worry about that at all. It's wild. Do you know how I met Christy as an, as an exploit, my wife? And I want to give you exactly what happened. I knew God well, but I couldn't talk to girls. Okay, don't leave me alone up here, guys. <laughs> All the guys looking at me like, well, I don't have that problem. Okay, don't let me get prophetic and call your name out. No, I don't have that gift. I'm not Sean Bowles. I can't even do it. I'd be like, Freddie Johnson. You know, anybody? Freddie Johnson? No, okay. Billy... Billy Smith, any Billy Smith? No, all right, great, all right. False prophet, back to work. Um, but there I was. It is, it's frustrating when you're a guy and you can't get words to form. You can get them to form in the pregame, like while you're by yourself. I'm going to say this. I'm saying this. I'm saying this. You get your boys together and say, tonight is a night. I'm going to say some stuff. And I need you boys to know stuff's going to be said. And all your buddies are looking at you like, amen, amen, you know, amen. They've heard it before. They've heard you before, but they love you, but they want it to work so bad. But they know the Holy Spirit has got to intervene. So if you know God, who does the exploits? God. So there I was. I was in a barn dance. Yep. A church barn dance. Oh, yeah. All the high school, college kids in there. It was a little bit cheesy. Maybe you've been to one of those deals. It's a little bit stiff, a little bit awkward. Seemed like there was only guys on the dance floor for the first 20 minutes. Awkward. I didn't join those guys. I kind of stood on the side and just remembered Bible verses. The only one that came to mind was <laughs> Jesus wept. Um, and I stayed for an hour. I wanted to be faithful to the call of God for my friend who told me to come, covenant relationship. I stayed for an hour, and I said, do you feel I fulfilled? I said this line, do you feel I fulfilled my promise to you? I've come. And he goes, yeah, you put a good hour in, and, and, and by grace, you can go. So I go to the door to leave, and I was so excited to leave. I was so stressed from the anxiety of it all. And now there's an actual, like, entrance table welcoming people, and there's a girl behind that table. And I knew exactly who Christy was because she was the, the lead cheerleader, the prom queen from the other high school that we would play. And I was like, my gosh, I'm three feet away from the most beautiful woman I have ever seen in my high school career and college career. And I was, of course, stunned and silenced and became mute. <laughs> but God's up to exploits. And so she said something to me. She said, I've never met you. What is your name? I said, my name is Brian Brent. Would you like to dance? Out of my mouth. Out of my mouth. And I grabbed her hand, walked her out to the dance floor, and I said, and the whole time in my mind, I go, this isn't me. Who am I? Now, my dance moves didn't get total Holy Spirit inspiration. I admit that. But <laughs> God's faithful. And I said to her, all of a sudden, out of my mouth came another sentence I couldn't believe. I said, would you please come to church with me tomorrow? I would love to pick you up at 9 a.m. Could I please take you to church? And she said, I would love to go to church with you, Brian. And I said, my gosh. I go, I've heard all about you and all the years and such an honor to be with you. And she goes, 
oh, none of that's important. I just love Jesus Christ. It's like, what? How'd I get in this situation? I drove home, Daniel eleven thirty two. God caused me to be strong. You see how we put our faith in ourselves? It's God that comes through. It's God that comes through. He made me suddenly strong, and I was carrying out a great exploit. My four kids thank me every day that, they, that I married Christy because they all look so much like her and have her gifts. And they're like, Dad, Dad, that was the greatest thing you did. For so many reasons, we love you. <laughs> give me another hug. Bring it in. I don't care why they give me hugs. Give me another one. I'll take it. <laughs> they're hugging me, really, because of Mom. I don't care. I just love it. Joshua came in the room the other night. And he goes, Dad, do you have any artists in your background? Because he's a crazy artist. I said, no. And he goes, man, proof positive. You married up. <laughs> That's it. I smiled back. I said, bring it in. <laughs> bring it in, bro. You're going to need an exploit, too. But I didn't say it out loud. I just said it under my breath. Um, <laughs> All right, so knowing that God does the exploits when we get to know him is pretty wild, isn't it? What is your faith in? Is your faith in your faith or is your faith in your Jesus? Right? Don't put your faith in your efforts. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. And it's Jesus th through you that's going to make the changes in your life. So how do we find out our original design? We want to go to this exercise by 1015, okay? So we have 1004, we have nine minutes, and then you're going to get prayed for. Nine minutes, right? clock's ticking, and the whole way you're going to get prayed for. So trying to change it up this morning, have some fun. Number one, how do you find your original design? You find it out of the Bible. I'm going to tell you to turn to a page real quick. Would you turn to page 164? Every one of these is my original design. You're going to get bonus ones today. Are you on 164? This is the Christian birthright card, and I always have this everywhere I go in my... Uh, right next to my uh, passport card in my heart, okay? This is who I am. Look at the first one. I am the light of the world, and the darkness cannot suppress it. That's my design. That's my identity. I'm the light of the world. Well, man, I'm in a really dark place. Well, I'm glad I'm here. I'm the light. Jesus is in me. I'm living in Christ's authority, which gives me power over all the power of the enemy. So when the enemy lies to me in the middle of the night and gives me a terrible dream, I wake up from that dream and go, this dream was illegal. Don't you play games and now someone needs to die. I'm going to use authority, Jesus's, to whack you in the head. Do not interrupt my sleep ever again. All right? I'm part of the true vine, a channel of Christ's life and energy. So that means I'm hooked up to Christ, and his life is pouring through me. When I'm feeling totally bummed, I am not condemned, but declared fully forgiven and righteous in Christ. Right in that moment when sin is at the door, I say, no, I'm not condemned. I'm not condemned. I know who I am. I'm a joint heir with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. These are all Bible verses. And everyone says your generation, I hear it all the time in America, doesn't like the Bible. But the more the Bible is taught, the more your generation comes around. It's, it's such, the devil is such a funny dude. He just makes up crazy lies that everyone starts to repeat. I've never seen such an interest in Bible training than I have the last two years in Huntington Beach. And when I open up that we're just going to go through the word, we have unlimited numbers of students from the city pour in. Say, I just want to sit in here. There is such a hunger for the word. Do you guys ever get bored reading the word? But when the word comes alive, it's exciting, isn't it? All right, let's look at two or three more of these. The top of the page. I am united to the Lord 
and in one spirit with him. That's what the Bible says. All right? Bottom of 164. How about this when you just feel like a totally missing the boat moment? I am a saint. That's a word, man. What's up, saint? What's up? Because when we say saint to each other, our minds go to there's a bunch of things I need to do to be a saint. And my mind goes, you thank you, Jesus, that you did all that for me to be a saint. On the right side, I am seated in the heavenly realm with Christ in all his authority over Satan's kingdom. Do you realize, as we go to this original design, can I take you to a spiritual warfare conference for one minute? Usually they're three days. The crux of a spiritual warfare conference is this argument, that you are seated with Christ right now. But when you sin and mess up, that your seat gets moved away from Christ. And that's where you're vulnerable to Satan's attack. Do you get the structure of this? And then you don't fight as hard because you feel like you're not as close to Christ as you once were. The true Christian knows that his seat doesn't get moved. And when the devil comes, he uses repentance and says, yeah, you're right, I did do that. I'm sorry, my God. But in the name of Jesus, I don't need to put up with this junk right now. You stick in your position, you stick in your identity, and you throw punches. Can anyone do that? Anyone got a fight in them? So when you get your original design today, I go, oh, that's cool. That design has been fought over through the enemy using people, teachers, coaches, background stuff that you would never believe you were really designed to be one of the most unselfish people in your generation because everyone maybe has said the opposite. Or that you'd be one of the most humble people whenever said, you're so prideful all the time. Or you'd be one of the most giving people when people say, you're really in for yourself. It's good to get God's report of who you are in Christ and then peel those lies off your life. You ready to do that today? Come on, let's go. So go back to the original design chapter we've got now. What do we got? We've got uh, six minutes. We're crushing it this morning. Thank you, God, for crushing it. You're so awesome. You want to seek the Lord. Page 27. The next place to get your design, and you see on the very top of page 27, there's another little list of who it says you are. Okay? Number two, seek the Lord yourself. If you lack wisdom, ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to him. So I I ask the Lord, Lord, who am I? Tell me. I seek the Lord within the church. So this is a great example here of seeking the Lord with your friends, your your, your staff. This isn't a church, but this is a mission base, but it's a wonderful place for you to get connected to Christ through other leaders. And why is it so important? Okay, let's go over to the chart and close there on page 29 on the top. Do you see the brown letter or the brown background on page 29 top? Can I get an amen if two guys see it? Okay. So the enemy works through life circumstances. Read that with me. The enemy has worked through life circumstances, people, situation, and our response to them to create an identity that is. And then so the enemy tries to bring a false identity. Say false identity. So the enemy lands these labels on us, and warfare is about pushing off those labels and coming into Christ's identity over our lives. I remember how many, we don't want to do it right now. We should do it sometime this week. But I'm sure Tom and Donna did it. But it's amazing how many people think they're ugly. 
under lie detector test. They come out like I've been with people that don't like their forearms and would sob uncontrollably. I'm like your forearm looks like my forearm. I, 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 I don't get it. What happened? No, look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Sobbing hysterically. I'm like, what the heck? There can't be a demon in your forearm. It'd be too boring. They wouldn't want to live in there. You're literally making stuff up. And, you know, the whole, I've been in a room where like foreign people said, you have the greatest forearms in the world. Still wouldn't believe it. Back to the chair crying. Because until you rise up and say, I've had enough of this, I have had enough of this. Not my prayer partner, not the whole buddies out here, but I, Brian Brand, have had enough of this junk. I know who I am in Christ. I'm handsome. I'm beautiful. This is what Jesus Christ says. You got to be able to go after mirrors at malls. Sometimes I stop. When I had a little weight gain problem, I stopped by mirrors. I'm still Brian Brent, mirror. A little temporary excitement going on in my eating habits. <laughs> yeah, you got me there. But this mighty revivalist has not backed off an inch. There might be more, more of me now. <laughs> but that just means Jesus can dwell in me even more. And so I thank you, God, for turning this negative to a positive. Now walk on. That doesn't mean I'm not going to eat more lettuce and get going on that. But I'm not going to land on what a temporary moment in my life is telling me. I remember Christy had four kids. Every time she would gain weight with all the kids, and I would cheer on every pound. I go, don't go light on eating. We need to make legends. <laughs> we got to feed them in there. It doesn't matter. It could take three, six, nine months to get back in shape. Who cares? We got to make legends. <laughs> I go, what do you feel like tonight? A whole half gallon of ice cream. Thank God I already got it for you in the refrigerator. Let me get it over to you. Because it looks like the little buddy in your stomach likes ice cream. Feed it to him. And it's true, exactly true. Spencer, Nick, they love ice cream. They eat like a half gallon of it right now. Just like, wow, it's gone. That was $9. You don't even live with me. You don't even live with me. You took my $9. I love you, son. Unconditional love. Come on, man. We can't be a sum of our hips. When are you ever going to like yourself? we got to have a law against sizes of hips and just accept every size. So we can do something else in life besides that self-preoccupied goofball business. We're going to be all in different kinds of sizes in our life. I'm guaranteeing it. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. I hope you get to the perfect size, whatever that is. But for me, I just want to follow Jesus Christ all the way. Can I get an amen from somebody who's wild? Come on, man. Women, if you get around a guy that's a size guy, that's into sizes... Tell him to take his size thing to the mountains and pray by himself until he's free. Because <laughs> you ain't got time for that measuring stick. God measures the heart, and this world has inverted it, and it's very ugly. We don't have to play by the world's rules. I won't. Selfish and self-preoccupied. I remember when I said I was going to be a pastor, this guy found me in the crowd, and he said, you, a pastor, you don't love anyone. Went home, sad, till Christy goes, get in your identity. Popped right out of it. People are going to say junk to you that is the opposite of who you are. Can you handle it? 
Someone's going to put, you're so hard and numb. Really? I might be hard and numb like right now, but I bet tomorrow through Christ's power I can get unnumbed. How's that? No, it'll take months. Really? Can't find the verse. Um, I, I, I can't find it. I'm looking. Where's the verse? And you shall be numb for six months. Um, you're introverted and shy. Yeah, I was. Till God spoke through me to Christy. <laughs> I was an introvert all high school long. I didn't even talk to people. I just waved from a distance. <laughs> He took, my, he took my personality over and said, I know your personality test said this, but I need you to have this personality for your calling. Really? That sounds scary. What do I got to do? Nothing. I'll just start talking to you so wildly that people will be shocked, and then you won't get out of it. Like, oh, thank you for ruining my reputation, God. I love you. You know, we had a young guy that was in this class, and he wanted to get free of all this junk, and there was Borders Books was up there. I remember this. And he was in the class, and he went up there and started screaming in Borders' books that he loved Jesus to break out of his fear, and the cops came. <laughs> and he said, Brian Brent is teaching at the DTS, and he asked me to break out of passivity and do something wild, and that's why I'm here. I don't recommend that. <laughs> okay. So on the other side, dudes, we got crazy kids that come to DTS. Praise God for his breakthrough. <laughs> man praise the lord for his breakthrough it's worth it he's in jail now no he's not <laughs> he's minister in prison god use it for good hallelujah jesus all right the right side self-entertainment the lord wants to restore us to his original design that's what we're going to pray about let's read these out loud together a servant promoter of others one who gives hope and encouragement, soft-hearted, connected emotionally, forgiving, filled with love. One who knows they are approved of by God, a person of contagious joy, outgoing and bold, clear-minded and filled with vision and direction, courageous and not suspicious of others, bold witness with a voice that is filled with God's power. Oh my gosh, we need to give the staff like ice cream for a month. They just knocked this thing out. Unbelievable. Um, thank you, man. Fire and fragrance. I don't even know how you guys do what you do. A couple of final things you want to say, and then we're going to get off to lunch. And, uh, but tomorrow, when we come together uh, in this Freedom Week now, now that you know your original design, or at least most of us do, would you take the time tonight to just listen to that again? And would you take the time to just look again at just your, that Christian birthright peace in the back of the freedom manual and then tomorrow we're going to go on a freedom tear we're, we're going to we're going to just absolutely go through one after another it's going to be mind-numbing goodness but we're going to take on self-hatred tomorrow uh, we're, we're going to just absolutely do it because we want to learn how to set our generation free and so so many in the generation we're just going to just plow through the day Really use our authority in Christ and just absolutely go after some things. So wave your hand. Did you, in your original design, how many of you felt like, man, God really spoke. There's some things in it that were said that resonated. Raise your hand up high so the staff can see. Okay, staff, look around. I don't, I don't see anything but hands. So here, here's also, can I, I'm going to give you a going away thought. All right, you ready for this? 
bonus going away thought. I want to ask you a question. When you're tempted and that temptation comes into your mind, are you sinning? No. No. Is temptation a sin? No. No, it's not, is it? It's an outside assignment against you. And if it comes into your mind and you're going, oh, my gosh, I, I'm entertaining self-hatred or I'm entertaining this mindset of insecurity, are you in sin? No. No. It only becomes a sin if you act on it. Is everybody clear on that? So if you've been, I want you to practice that. Like, don't take on that, like, all of a sudden, like, man, there's a fear that came back, and I'm fearful again. No, I want you to realize that's your place to take authority in Christ, right? And say, in Jesus' name, that's not who I am, and I'm not going to listen to this temptation right now. That's how you fight that off, okay? So don't get concerned like, oh, I had a thought. Now what's happened to me? Just take authority in Christ over it, right? Okay, let's pray. God, we just thank you so much that your fire is on this, this crew and you're breaking through walls, God. And you're bringing us into our purpose and our identity in fire and fragrance that all of us as individuals are getting breakthrough in this week in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that you're building us up as your wild ones as your saints, God. And we just thank you so much for the loving Fire and Fragrance staff. Honestly, we just take a minute and say, wow, this is amazing. They prepared for us. They have given their hearts. They've sacrificed so much that our experience in Kona would be so thrilling, amazing, fulfilling. The training is so amazing. Can we just stand up? As, I know you guys love this, but I don't think cheering for me is all that really good, really because I don't do anything good except for Jesus through me. But, man, our staff is killing it. Do you, guys, do you guys know what I'm saying? Can we just thunder it? Yeah, come on. Come on, staff. You guys deserve this. Man. Whoa. 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 We love you guys. We love you guys. Man. All right. So who's... Who's coming up here? One of you.